So <clears throat> it's been a great um, couple of days, particularly over this um, Yom Kippur time um, as one in Christ. So the messianic um, view of it all and um, walking that out in faith under a very, what would be otherwise quite a dark time for those stuck without the Messiah and those um, during Yom, Yom Kippur. So to carry some of the burden, um, some people will have fasted and then broke off the fast in alignment with Christ. Some won't have done that at all. They'll have just kept in Christ. It depends what the individual is. And here we're going to be talking about anointing because during the time that I was um, praying during Yom Kippur, I just felt in the, the spirit that I had to look further into the anointing. Okay, so I am anointed by the Holy Spirit. Yes, I have been anointed and blessed as well in the church and by um, the leader there. And my life has brought that together. And there is a, a difference though, a very big difference though in types of anointing. The word anointing is specifically related to that of Christ. And this is where it came from. There, there was a particular focus on the term before even looking into anointing on a physical level. It was to look at the name of God's son. I was brought to two different particular scriptures and others as well but there were particular scriptures given to me and the very first one that was given to me was wonderful and it was and this is what it is to be anointed but I just heard in the spirit Mark chapter 4 verse 8 and I've shared this on my Facebook site as well along with that of you know the yeast in amongst the dough, like what we're giving our, our thoughts to, what we're giving our attention to, what we're doing, you know, and what I'm doing with this anointing. Because this was the very first scripture that was given. But some seeds fell in good soil and the plants sprouted, grew and produced corn. Some had 30 grains, others 60 and others 100. And it knew that God was talking directly, specifically to me. Because I couldn't think what Mark chapter 4 verse 8 was out of the blue. It wasn't until I was brought specifically to it. And it could have been anything out of all of that chapter. And thanks be to God, oh my goodness, that this is the one that I was given. And it was given because I was listening intently to God. And God was you know, speaking to me in the spirit in the in this time during Yom Kippur. And because I was getting the direction, but I wasn't just getting the direction and receiving it in terms of like the seeds were falling. It was a good soil within my heart and soul. It was a good soil for God's word to really take fruition, to sprout, for the seeds to sprout up, grow and produce fruit. 
And that is what God was telling me. It was the confirmation that yes, you're hearing me, you're doing what I'm asking you to do. And this is the confirmation that because you're doing this, this is what's happening. That my word within you is sprouting and taking um, this growth henceforth, this, this multiplication within you and working through you because you're putting me first. You've got that space and your, your soil is clean, but it's fertile, it's nutritious, it is ready to go. And that was the beautiful scripture that I got at first. And I was just like, thank you, God. I was just like, I love you, God. Thank you and praise be Jesus Christ forever. Thank you, God, I wrote. And it's, you know, it sounds interesting to read it back because you have to be, yes, I understand it at this level, but within the moment, it was like when it was its richest point, you know, what it was right, just growing. Now there's an airier feeling when I read that back, like you hear it in that way, maybe as well, like a lighter feeling to it because it's sprouted up out with the soil and we're determining um, what's being said um, and what happened then at a new level now. Glory to God. And so that's even how we read things and how we interpret things and the energy that we give and that, that's interpreted round about something. It depends when it was written. You see, the seed was kept in the ground and it was working and I wasn't eating it at that time. And I'm eating it now because it sprouted already. So it was in the quiet place in the quiet time during Yom Kippur, time with God, that this was happening. And these seeds were beginning to sprout in this particular way. It doesn't mean to say it hasn't always been, of course it's always been happening, but in this particular way and with this message and it being confirmed in this way. And so just looking back to my notes, the next um, one that I got, I'll read in a minute. Um, yeah, so the source sows God's message. So I have received this and my soil is good. And also this means I am sowing unto good soil my own good seeds, glory to God, as they are good because they are from God. Jesus went on to say in his further explanation of Mark 4, 8, further in chapter 4, verse 20, like the seeds sown in good soil, they hear the message, accept it and bear fruit, some 30, some 60 and some 100. And uh, at that point, you know, I heard in the spirit, it all depends on the spirit. It must be about the fruit of God. And that's why it talks about putting the kingdom first and not all these other things. Now, that all sounds like growth, prosperity, wealth, health and everything that multiplies of goodness. That's what it sounds like because we're talking about good seed and good soil, and um, bearing fruit from this good soil. So all of that is entirely encapsulated within the energy that is good, that is of God, that is of good and acceptable unto God. Now we're going to move on. Um, to this particular part. Um, the next I heard was 
Hebrews chapter 4. No way there. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 4. And it was to do with the greatness of God's Son. The Son was made greater than the angels, just as the name that God gave him is greater than theirs. And immediately in such a place or a position of sprouting forth, think of it, the seed is in that good soil. It's now sprouted forth, but you know, with an airier feeling before that next lot of seed falls from this new level and replants itself and multiplies even greater, we're in a different level of thought and it's lighter and airier yet again. And so it then says the greatness of God's son. And I'm thinking, okay, in a light and airy way, I know, obviously, God is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God, right? Um, clearly, we know that the Son of God is greater than the angels. Okay. Um, and before the seed drops, so it's like this, the seed has to drop. Where do you want me to take this? Like, it's almost like, as well, like the, the water of life, like welling up in a plant and like thinking, okay, let's nurture this seed or this um, plant now. And the seeds that will spring forth from this one with this water of life, this life-giving water of the word of God and the message that God's trying to get across here right now. So I'm going to take this all the way down from that airy space, that intellectual space, that spiritual space right at the top, um, you know, within our souls and right at the top of um, our heads cerebrally, right down through nutrient, um, nutritious-wise, right down through our entire being. So it's getting like soaked in again through the entire plant, down through the roots into the soil again, and even nurturing that too. What is it at its deepest level that are you trying to say? And this is the way that prayer goes. It's this kind of like constant like um nutrition. It's like a fountain as well, like of water, of life-giving waters in a way. But it's like a plant that kind of like has to take in the nutrients to grow stronger as well. And like take that back down to the roots again, like even from the top. Yet it's growing upwards, but it has to take um nutrition back down um and in through itself. So that's what we're doing in prayer. And this is the anointing. The sun was made greater than the angels, just as the name that God gave him is greater than theirs. There's nothing greater than Jesus Christ. Christ is that name is, as we know, the Messiah. The Messiah is to anoint. It is also the one who is anointed, Jesus of Nazareth. And I, all of a sudden I started thinking, what are you saying to me, God? Like, are you talking to me about, like, um, you know, also like people with the names like closest to Christ and the, and the rest of it and what that is. And then I realized quickly that no, it's not even those that bear names that are similar to Jesus Christ because Christ is the only one. It's not even that. Like, for example, I'm like, well, <clears throat> you know, because even like someone who is, uh, takes the name of like <laughs> Christopher, right? A Christopher was what Jesus rode on. Christopher wasn't, Christ but a Christopher 
was the stubborn ass, the stubborn mule that Jesus Christ rode on. Okay, so a, a, even like um, a Christian is based upon that. The donkey that Jesus rode. So it's like Jesus is riding in on many different people that call themselves and Christ, but uh, sorry, Christ belonging to Christ. But are you being stubborn? Are you just, are you being a stubborn mule towards Christ? Or are you going with the flow? You know, it's so interesting that that is how Jesus rode in in his kind of like triumphant, um, you know, ride into Jerusalem with the palm branches. And it's very symbolic. He did do it and it shows that it can be done. <laughs> However, um, you know, so I'm like, okay, well, God, well, what is it you're trying to tell me with this? Because like, I'm like, okay, because he was emphasizing the name above all is great. Even the name that God gave him is greater than theirs. Um, so I'm like, okay, so it's got nothing to do with that. Um, mm. and then I thought, okay, but what it is, is that sometimes, obviously we're praying, we're praying to different, um, some people are praying like thinking of the angels as well, because that's part of the invocation. Although we should always be putting God and Jesus Christ first. There's also that aspect of it. And so that, in a way, um, really kind of makes us think very carefully that we need to make sure, you know, that we're not bowing down to any others, whether that be angels um etc and although invoking and although like saying like even the archangel and michael prayer not obviously putting archangel michael above christ either and so it's thinking okay and and of course that goes for like um you know saints as well and all the rest of it but we're looking more about the name so specifically Christ and the anointing and I realized okay let's clean this up it's not just about names and you're not speaking to me about personal things just but you you are on a side note but that's not the main point the main point is Jesus Christ always is God always first but you're also speaking to me on the points that um, help to clear this up that even someone that I might know um, named in, in this way doesn't necessarily mean um, that they automatically have the gift or should be expected to have it, especially when the name goes on to give out a further reason or a further um, idea associated there. So it's not that, but that's dealt with and cleared up anyway. And gosh, that's vital to the entirety of all of this. So putting God first, I contemplated this um, in relation, as I said, to different people even that I know. And I'm like, okay, and even like Christians and, and what that means. Um, yeah. So then I started to ponder um, that a little bit more. 
um, you know, with just the names and looking at it and then getting back really mostly focused into Christ. Now, yes, I understand it is about Christ beyond the scene as well. So this is all important as well. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, we, we have to understand that even, you know, even although the, the angels are lower than Christ, we do have to understand that some Christians who are stubborn asses certainly aren't higher than any of the angels um, in terms of sometimes how they behave. So we need to kind of like think about that, forget it and lay it aside for the moment. And then let's go back to this. So now, yes, I understand it is about Christ, as I said, beyond the scene, who is truly anointing and even he, of course, the Holy Spirit, who is my husband, the true Christ and the Holy Spirit, even beyond names. I started looking as well um, at many different um, ways in which maybe we had given those that were taking a similar name or closely linked name to Christ, but it wasn't, it was kind of like the antithesis as in like more to do with the stubborn mule ass thing than actually more like Christ <laughs> and so I realized the things that needed to change by putting Christ truly central and focused and in Christ and that is where the key is so even moving beyond and above that of um as we say the Christian sector in and of itself and those bearing certain names and looking beyond even the names too, but going beyond all of that, all of that in terms of our communities and what we might know, what our experiences have been in the past and go straight to God and Christ Jesus, who is the anointing one and the saviour. Moving on to that after kind of like thinking as well about different things that I wanted to see, in other words, that the Holy Spirit, Jesus is wanting to see well up within me, wanting to see in my life different changes that need to occur even within these different sectors and people that are related um, to this. I set that aside and I wanted to really go deeper into Christ because I felt that that's what it was talking about, that I needed to look into the word Christ. And you might think, okay, well, we all know, we all understand this means, you know, the Messiah, the anointed one. Okay, not everybody knows that, but a lot of people know that. I know that. But the thing is, if we're like a Christian and stubborn like an ass, sometimes, and what I mean by that, I shouldn't even say, <laughs> you know what I'm getting off. You know what's happening when I'm saying that. I should be saying like a stubborn donkey. That's what an ass is, a donkey, a mule. So like a donkey, let's say it that way, okay? So we get this completely, like you're completely in comprehension of what this means. So a donkey. We don't want to... Not that we've got anything wrong with donkeys can be stable and um and all the rest of it right. But let's um think that there's nothing great about one that just stands against um Christ to the point where it almost becomes antichrist. So you wanna look at um the importance of going even above such groups and how I'm gonna be like leading them with the Holy Spirit through me 
and I'm thinking more about that. Okay, so that's that's it. That's it. Okay, so Christ being the Messiah, the one that's able to truly justify and actually perform the anointing because he in and of himself is the anointed one through God. Therefore, only through the Holy Spirit can someone truly be anointed by God. That's why kings, queens, or like, let's put it this way. That's why royalty is only truly um, designed by God and the level of which is an anointing that no one can perform in human above God, which performs in the spirit to the highest degree. It doesn't matter what someone is doing on the outside. It's about what's happening more on the inside. Well, it matters to a certain extent, but what I mean is in comparison to what's happening in the inside, nothing's more important than that of which God is doing. And that God is above all, and God is the one that decides who the anointed one is. Not the fallen world and not the devil, in other words. The worldly, not the worldly, not the devil, in other words. So nothing to do with how it might look on the outside, all to do with how it is in, um, in the realm of God and what the reality is there. So looking at my anointing further then, um, I contemplated, you know, all of um, Hebrews even further with regards to that. And I even like checked out recently someone's little video as well and, and things I felt called to check out and it just drew me back to things I'd already written so um it went on a wee bit more about you know how um the word anointed like is um how it where it comes from etc but I'd already written that yesterday and looked a wee bit further into it. So the source for the word Messiah is an English word and it comes from this Hebrew Masiach or Machia, Machia, Machia. Hmm. I'm going to have to look at how to say that properly. But in any case, it's a Hebrew form of it. And that's what we try to bring it back to in terms of the Messiah. Masach, um, which means to anoint. And so that is where it all comes from in terms of like Christ coming and stemming from this Hebrew word about anointing. So the anointed means that obviously I'm chosen for that queenship. It says kingship in, you know, in many places because most of it's patriarchal. Most of it's just done based upon, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the the work and the the saving um had to be done at the level of the male lineage because that's where it started out in the garden of eden but we cannot forget the huge role obviously um that mother mary played so we have to also understand um for the savior um to actually do the work that needs to be done through god it must be done through the mothering properties and characteristics the attributes of a mother mothers are essential and important and the devil will do anything to try and stop that or veer us off track from mothering um there are certain people who suffer greatly with this who will come forward with particular ideals that 
women should be a certain way, they should be more like men, they should be this and that. And that comes from a similar difficulty, but it comes from a lack of awareness and true understanding for the difficulty with regards to um, the patriarchal system and that it's not seeing the union and how things are um, uh, worked out and worked through by God with um, unity with God um, and that mothering of God. It's looking at it from more of a fallen place of um, Adam and Eve rather than looking at it from the new creation in a more... Um, a clearer sort of mindset from the gift of the saviour so we have to be aware of that and that's where a lot of the a lot of the fallen kind of problems in the world have come from with women um like demanding to be seen in a certain way whereas that's kind of off kilter um with the entire point but it stems from the avian behaviour um, and the fallenness to become seduced by the world and by the things of the world and wanting to be the one to take control or take charge of everything when actually there's another way to do that by being obedient to God and then therefore manifesting not like in attraction um, through the devil and being led astray by the devil because Adam was first led astray by not being there to protect us. So that's why there's a new creation. And, well, Jesus was the one who was going to be there. And Joseph also, too, obviously, as the head of their family, was going to be the one to be there and to protect and to do all this. So they corrected all of that and Mary corrected all of that in many ways. But we have to take it forward. As Christ says, we will do better than he has ever done. So we take it forward from there. But they're the two different directions in terms of the fallen world, which hasn't then ascended to see and um, prepare for the risen Christ and um, take um, that saving grace properly and work with it and help other people with it. And by first focusing within on themselves and um, obviously working with God. So looking back at this and what it is to be this anointed then, to be anointed on earth is one thing, but to be anointed by God truly from the Spirit is another. And that is the difference. The worldly and then the messianic above and beyond and all omnipotent and all fullest and of fullest authority. So the word anoint is closely linked with Chrysos, Christ, the Messiah, as we said. And we know that that stems from that Hebrew word, masach, to anoint with oil. Anointed by the Holy Spirit means to be anointed from within and that's why the Garden of Olives, when we think back to that, is so significant, including the press. Now, we could lengthen this out and talk about it in great detail, but we understand that's what was happening pre-ascension and now we have to look at it in a different way post-ascension. But that's what that was in terms of the, the press there, to allow that of the Saviour's blessing to be poured forth, as most people know. It's out of our experience and our life understanding that um, the actor can act as a salvific oil, not as in real oil, yet oil more highly regarded by God when we honour God in such a way. And to do that is a set and specific calling from God, not the world, but it is to help the world. Yet people in worldly positions 
go through many lessons and potentially um, gift-worthy opportunities. If the intention and call to serve isn't there, though, the gift becomes rather submerged and um, mediocre. It doesn't get a chance to actually go back up and um, sprout forth into the world because it's been, it's almost like, you know, that's been strangled by weeds and things like that because the weeds are of the world. Like all the kind of like things are of the world have been put first, first priority by so many people that they can't get saved and they can't save others. But when God anoints in good oil, because we are preparing that oil and we're surrendering in our fiat, well, what I was doing and what I've been doing and what I certainly did yesterday, that fiat allows for God to truly work properly, honestly, authentically and effectively. And that shows the true anointing of reality, not of the worldly type, but of reality of God who is the fullest authority to do these things and only God is. Okay, so whilst one who does not falter backwards with the pressing yet continues to place God first, allows the oil to flow more easily in the direction that God can truly allow to be more ably used and for us more enjoyed, although that does require the constant fiat and yes to God. In other words, the step upwards where many people will stay on a ledge um you know, on ledge one with the world. I just think of that just like maybe like underneath the soil, if you like. So um, when a called person though works and walks in faith, it's a step up each time. However tough that step might be. And at the same time, an ableness to say um, the Holy Spirit is more important than what is on ledge one. Um but that it will nurture what's on ledge one as it comes back down. And it's almost like if you think of the angels, they talk about the angels going up and down throughout the earth. But anyway, ascending and descending. But let's look at this. So one taking full responsibility that those in ledge one are also watching them. So even like, you know, imagining, even though the seed is below the ground, it takes for the other seeds to say no on, in the good soil. I am going to put God first and I'm going to grow that way and do this. And so, and again, this is just all about um, like seeing it in the physical, though it is a, an entirely spiritual thing. Anyway, so as I say, taking full responsibility that those in ledge one are also watching you and if no one moves up, no one moves up. So when you move with the anointing, you transform your own life and others. It doesn't even have to be just like the anointing of a real godly kind. Um, you know, isn't merely a human symbolic anointing, yet it's far superior. The same is said of the stepping up. <laughs> 